Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. How many of you are blessed by our sermon series so far, the Book of Ephesians? Come on, just raise your hands, right? And I'm so blessed. Uh, uh, some of the passage that have uh, been preached, and in fact, like today, I'm going to preach another passage, uh, which is quite common to us. Uh, I, I grew up, you know, understanding the principles, you know, but as I prepared, I was like, wow, God, there's something new being revealed to me this morning. And, and uh, I want us to really prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, you know, take notes, you know, uh, snap on photos of the slides if you want uh, after this, you know, because I believe today, there are things that, will, uh, that I said, you know, from the Word of God that will challenge the way you think. Some of your principles that like you've been holding on all these years, you know, maybe need some, like, tweaking, some readjustment, because, you know, we got to admit that today, whether we like it or not, we're being fed by so many ideology through our social media. You know, we don't look for it, but it keeps on pouring, you know, in our phones, you know, in our, uh, you know, in our social media, through social media. So we need to make sure that whatever we hold on to, whatever, whatever we believe in, it is from the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's open our Bible. We continue. So uh, last week, Pastor Dan uh, stopped at uh, verse 25, chapter 4, verse 25. So I'm going to continue, finish up the ch- uh, chapter 4. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. I'm going to read from the CSB version, okay, Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath Shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity for us to gather here as a church, as a family, Lord. Uh, Although we have an option to just uh, come for a second service and just rest at home, but we choose, Lord, the best, which is to be at your feet this morning. So, Father God, bless the preaching of your word this morning. Help us to understand. Help me myself, Lord, Father God, to unpack your word, Lord, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, last week, Pastor Dan preached a very good sermon on how God wants us to put on our new clothes of righteousness. You know, by first, when we want to change our new clothes, by first we must get rid of the old clothes. You guys still remember that last week, right? Yeah. And then old clothes talks about our old sinful life, our futile thinking. Now, today we're going to see how we're going to put it into practice. In other words, how are we going to continuously to put on the righteousness of God in our daily life? In other words, we got to live 
according to our identity. Our new identity is as a follower of Christ, of children of God. Now, I want you to take note that last week's sermon talks a lot about renewing our mind. You know, our mind must first be renewed. Mind must first be renewed. And that's why before Paul gets into the practical part of putting, putting on the new life as a believer, which is what I'm going to share later on, he first mentioned the importance of us to be renewed in our mind. Say, renewed in our mind. Now, we all meet those people whose words and action doesn't align, right? I mean, like, in social media, we're like this. But when I meet you in person, different. When you text me, when you say it, it's different. When I meet you in person, your daily life is all not aligned. You know why? Because some people, they are more focused on their outward, their outward behavior, but not their inward thinking. What's inside, they don't, don't, don't care because for them, nobody knows. Behavior modification alone will not last. I repeat myself, behavior modification. You know, you just change the way you behave, it will not last. Drastic change in our lifestyle will not last if we did not start with the renewal of our mind. Now, I grew up in a Christian family. I've attended, I have served, I even preached in like rallies, KKR, all big, big service and everything. And I know People will come to the altar, being prayed for, I, we prayed for them, and puji Tuhan, you know. But that transformation will only last if they continue to change their mind. No wonder why some people doing altar call, you know, the same person coming up. I'm like, whoa, okay. Last year, the same thing, you know, who, you know, say, is it the same boyfriend? No, no different boyfriend. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like the person pray for me, okay. It's a joke aside, okay. So, in my previous ministry as a youth leader, I remember parents, you know, from East Malaysia, they, they, when they send their, student, uh, their children to school, you know, to college or uni, say like, uh, uh, brother, uh, that time I'm not a pastor, so uh, bro, you know, uh, please get my, 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 my son, my daughter into ministry. Kalau tidak, they will become wild. You know, like join the youth, youth service. You know, you, know, you know that? You know, some of you also probably have experienced that. Your parents force you to join all camps, like everything. If not, you will apa, uh, involve with other things, with your naughty friends, you know. So yeah, as a youth leader, I met a lot of uh, parents who say like, hey, please help them, you know, just bring them to join ministry, like anything. Ask them to uh, vacuum the floor, anything, like as long as they don't hang out with their friends, you know. Now, Deep in my heart, I, I, I know that this is just the outward thing, you know, the, the, this, uh, like I said, behavior modification, you know, because it will not last. It will not last. And religion, you know, re- yeah, okay. So religion is behavior modification, while Christianity is heart and mind transformation. Yeah. You know, so you are Christian, so what? You know, in your IC, you fight like, oh, I miss my, my IC. How come IC didn't have, didn't have that Christian? Huh? Oh, I must, must, must go to JPN, laugh, fight, everything. Good, go do it. But you know what? Religion is just a behavior modification. You know, in our church and SIB life, we have people coming over from different uh, denominations. They come to us, say, hey, pastor, but I'm from this denomination. Hey, it's okay. You believe Jesus? You know, come and join us. Yeah. Not all from SIB life is from SIB. You know? Yeah? Remember this, church. So, it's not enough for us to gain knowledge about God. It's not enough. It's good 
for us to go for Bible class, Bible camp, do your devotion, be mentored, attend conference, everything is good. But for knowledge to make a lasting impact, we have to put it into practice. Yeah. Now, last time we used to hear that practice makes perfect, but actually practice makes permanent. You keep on practicing that, it will become permanent. Right? Yeah, because again, it talks about perfection. We will never be perfect because only God perfect, right? You know? That's why some of us think, ah, I must stop doing this, I must stop doing this. Okay, okay, this one, today, this whole week, yes, I, I didn't sin. Woo, perfect, you know? No, 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 you will get frustrated. You know, after a few days, after a few weeks, you got frustrated. Now, so, we, my, my, my title, uh, my sermon title for today is this, very simple. Replace, sorry, release and replace. Say, release and replace. Yeah, release and replace. You know, before we put on the new ones, you know, the, the new behavior, the new thinking, we must release the old ones. Basic principle, very simple, you know. But a lot of us have forgotten about these basic principles. I remember giving my, my daughter <coughs> some candy, all right? So her hand got some like crumbs, like biscuit crumbs. I say like, hey, you know, you have to open your hands, throw that crumbs, and then I will give you this candy. No, no, he wants to hold on to it, you know? But actually he got in that the other hand, but you know, kids like, you know, like this, you know? So I said, no, open your hand, throw, throw. I didn't give you candy because got crumbs and then it will mix with all the jelly, jelly beans and all this candy, right? I mean, come on. I said, no. She's like, how to put, you know, like, I, I, I asked ask her to open, but she don't want, she don't want, you know. So that's a very simple example why some of us keep on holding on to our old life, our old thinking, and expecting God to give us a new way, new way of life, new thinking. Because she's like this. Okay, okay, God, just put it on top of my, my, my fist. Okay. <laughs> can you imagine that? Can, 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 can. I, will, I still keep in the, on this, but yeah, just add on, add on. Silly, right? Yeah. Now, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1 to 3, talks about the foundation of our faith. So in chapter 4 onwards, I mentioned two weeks ago, that Paul talks about how to apply the knowledge. He got into more into that, uh, the details, some of the practical things that we can do as a believer, how to apply the knowledge that we have gained. So we, mo- we must put into practice, release and replace. To put into practice, we must first learn to release the old and replace it with the new ones. Amen? Release and replace. Repeat after me, say, release and replace. Let go, release the old habit and replace it with the new one. Let go, release the old thinking and replace it with the new thinking. Yeah? Let go of the uh, old so that you can completely take hold of the new. Now, some of you have probably been wondering, why are you still struggling with certain part of you know, your faith while your friends and your family are experiencing breakthroughs after breakthroughs? In fact, some of you, I don't know, probably you've been wondering, like, hey, how come this person, I remember, he just being baptized like a few months ago, and then like, wow, so semangat. And then like, like, for me, like, what? You've been wondering, like, how come some people, their faith grows so fast while you like being stagnant and comfortable and then you probably say like, okay lah, maybe this is who I am lah. You are not growing. Probably some of you still struggle. You'll be wondering why are you still struggle with the same sin, the same destructive lifestyle 
while at the same time you are actively involved in ministry. Despite attending conference after conference, camp after camp, listening to sermon after sermon in YouTube, both also in church, you know, despite learning from one mentor to another mentor, you're still not experiencing any breakthroughs in your life. Now, probably this is one thing that has become your blind spot because you are not ready to release and replace. There's one video that I'm going to show you. It's a very short video. It's really old video, 1920s or something, like black and white. There's no sound to it. You can hear the real, like just like that, you know. But it's really funny because uh, the hunter in southern India in the 1920s, 20-something, okay, they have discovered a simple yet effective way to catch a certain species of monkey. You know, because this monkey had been roaming around the, the jungle and also it, it, they, they damaged their, their, their crops. So this hunter come up a very simple, you, when you look at it, like, what? There's no technology, no battery needed, no whatever. It's very simple, but yet very effective. So uh, let's watch this video and then uh, tell me about it, okay? What do you think? Okay, let's play the video. Oh. but really profound, right? Like, like, what? Stupid monkey. <laughs> you know why his, his, tongue, his hand got stuck inside that apa, labu, the thing, right? Because when he put his hand in, it can fit in, okay? But the moment he took at the seeds, or, or they, they put in some watermelon seed, whatever seed, it's become big, the fist, right? So he cannot uh, take his hand, uh, hands out. And although the hunter is around him, Going to, going to like tie him, right? Him pula, tie it, you know? It refused to release. Like, no, 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 no. Free, ba? free. This is free. Come on. Like, you see? Pretty crazy, right? And then I know uh, that is something that you've probably been thinking, like, hey, that monkey reminds me of someone, lah. Maybe a friend, maybe a family member, or maybe someone who was next to you. Hey, no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. Or maybe yourself. Like, you know, like, I mean, come on. Why the devil keep on aiming at me? Because I don't want to release my old sinful life. The monkey, like, say, no, no, don't get me. But of course, the hunter, they think, no, if you release, you can just, you know, escape. But we refuse to let go. Very simple. You know, back to the passage. This new lifestyle in Christ involves replacing sinful habits with righteous and holy habits. You know? So, uh, while Paul seems to have like, some uh, contextual reason for highlighting these particular actions, you know, uh, 
but you must take note that these are behaviors we should also all be careful to pursue, but these are not the only behaviors that should mark our lives. You know, as a believer, more than just the, 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 the list of behavior that Paul mentioned here. You know? Now, and if you notice that today's passage, uh, there is a negative action stated first and then followed by a positive action. So that is important. Why? Holiness is not just about saying no to sin. No to sin. No. It's also about saying yes to God. Yeah? So how many of us say, God, okay, I'm repairing God. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. That's it. We stop there. We should say, no, I don't want to do this, God. I don't want to sin. I don't want to do this. Yes, I will obey you. Yes, I will serve. Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will do this. You see? Not just say no. You must say yes. So one more time, repeat after me. Release and replace. Okay, the first truth, okay? First, release lying and replace it with the truth. Release lying and replace it with the truth. Now, this particular verse was first mentioned in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16 to 17. Okay? It says this, but this is what you must do. Tell the truth to each other. Render verdicts in your courts that are just and that lead to peace. Don't scheme against each other. Stop your, stop your love of telling lies that you swear are the truth. I hate all these things, says the Lord. Yeah? So Paul is uh, quoting Zechariah chapter 8 in, the, in verse 25, and he said, like, Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each, other, each one to this neighbor, because we are members of one another. Now, the word lying, it's, in its original meaning, is uh, pseudos. So probably you have uh, bumped into this word pseudos. All right? Pseudos means what? Uh, it's a Greek word that means conscious and intentional falsehood. Conscious and intentional falsehood. Bukan tidak sengaja, tapi memang you can you know, consciously know that you are telling lies. Yeah? Something or someone fake trying to pass as the real thing, you know, a fraud or imposter. Now, for many lies, the reason why people lie is complicated. You know, sometimes it is uh, to protect someone from being punished. Yeah? My kids, they try to protect each other. I, I know, you know, like try to lie sometimes not to, to being punished, you know? Yeah? Sometimes some people lie to avoid being embarrassed. Yeah? Yeah. Simple, as simple as, you know, uh, sudah makan? Sudah, padahal belum makan, you know, but, but you're hungry, you know. Makan, you know. Because embarrassed, like, you go to people's house, they tell you ask food, but actually you just want to just come there, right? Sudah makan? Oh, sudah, 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 sudah. You know? You know? Malu, okay? <laughs> There's a lot of reason, right? That some of you are like, oh, yeah, I did that, Pastor. Okay? Yeah. So, but, but sometimes... Some people lie simply because they have other things better, you know. They know that, like, you know, I am better than this other person, you know. I cannot, I cannot lose, you know, I must tell something. Some experts list out a few types of liars. You know, there's a lot of types of liars, but today I just want to list out two types of liars, okay? What kind of li liars are out there? And probably, you know, we fall into one of these, you know, but I, I got to admit, like, uh, I also, not a perfect pastor, I'm not a perfect person, I'm not a perfect father and husband, you know. Sometimes, if I'm not aware, I can be one of these uh, type of liars. Number one, compulsive liars. Compulsive liars, basically liars who lie out of habit, yeah. These people 
lie when there is no need for them to even lie. It's like a habit. You know, there's no reason for them to lie. But it's just there's something that, you know, for them, it's natural. It's natural. Yeah. yeah. Compulsive liars are addicted to lying, and it is simply hard for them to stop. Like, they're addicted to lying. It's like, it's like normal, lah, you know. I don't know if you have met someone like that who, like, you know, they lie, but I don't know, maybe. For a complex, com- com- compulsive liar, telling the truth is very awkward and uncomfortable, while lying feels right. Yeah. You know, I met someone uh, many years ago. Yeah, he's a musician, but, you know, he's a new musician, I know. But I don't know, I heard from another friend that this guy lo- loved to brag. You know, he said, oh, I play for this. I said, oh, yeah, I do this recording. I do tour everything. But actually, it's no, you know. Those days, there's no Instagram. I'll have Facebook, but uh, that time still new. So he brag, brag, like, nobody can see, like, what, what evidence, like, you know. But, yeah, it's a compulsive liar. Now, secondly, pathological liars. Now, pathological liars is often goal-oriented. They lie because they have a goal. There's a target, the focus. You know, they say, like, I want to achieve this, so I'm going to lie so that I can achieve this. They have very little or no regard at all, no respect for the rights and feelings of other people. And they are often considered manipulative and cunning. This is pathological liars. So they, they will create extravagant story, panas panas like story, all kinds, mix all, all kinds of story to maintain their version of that story, to tweak it over time. Yeah. Now, this, these are the two, two, two types of uh, liars that we have you know, in our world today. So whatever reason is given, we must know what Jesus said about liars. In John chapter 8, verse 44, I, I like this uh, translation, uh, New Living Translation says, For you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, Jesus said, a deceiver, a liar, is one who belongs to the devil. Speaking the truth, menyatakan kebenaran, speaking the truth is the way of life, is the identity of those who call themselves as children of God. Amen? Yeah? Paul mentioned specifically here, you know, don't lie to your neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And besides that, our neighbor are basically people who are connected to us, people who are around us. Even if they are not believers, they are our neighbors. So Paul said, don't lie to your neighbors. Now, specifically for our body of Christ, Paul said, don't Lie to your neighbors. Don't harm your neighbors. Your body of Christ. Yeah? Lying, because what? Because lying disrupts unity by creating conflicts and destroying trust. <laughs> it tears down relationship and leads to a what? Open warfare in a church. Lying. Lying disrupts, you know? The devils are controlling you if you allow yourself you know, to continue lies, spread lies, this, you know, causing all this uh, disunity in church, you're actually allowing the devil to control your life. You become the mouthpiece of the devil. Scary, right? Mouthpiece of the devil. Eh? It, 
imagine this. When we spread lies among the body of Christ, actually, I want to show uh, some uh, photos, but it's quite graphic. La. <laughs> no, la. Imagine this. When we spread gossips, lies among the body of Christ, our church members, we are like sewing our own hand. Some of you say, uh, if I show the photos, right, blood every. That's exactly what happened to the body of Christ. Really? I don't like my right foot. Ah, cut lah, cut lah. That's what we actually do when we spread lies. The right foot said, like, I don't like the left foot. Like, ah, cut lah, cut lah. That is why church, churches split. That's why some churches never grow. That's why there's no unity in church. That's why you are not growing because there are people who allow themselves being controlled by the devil, being used, being used by the devil to spread lies and cause division among the body of Christ. Right? As someone who are being redeemed, who have been redeemed by God, we are expected, we are expected, memang sudah diharapkan to release whatever lies that, that is, you know, been, uh, uh, we, whatever lies that we, we have said, you know, being lies that we have been holding on and replace it with the truth of God. Release the lies, replace it with the word of God. Yeah? Truth speaking, when you tell the truth, it requires you to renew your mind. Now, we can become such habitual deceivers or compulsive liars, and we may not know, even, not, know, not even know about it. Scary, right? That's why living in a community, in a cell group, you know, friends, they can check on you like, hmm, you know, you, you, nowadays you, the way you say things are a bit different, you know, they can check. But if you live on your own, there you go. Yeah? When you speak the truth, you imitate God. Amen? Because God is truth. But when you lie, you imitate Satan. Yeah? So don't be surprised why, like, you become like, you know, the Satan magnet. You know Satan magnet? Like, like the devil, like, love to make friends with you, follow you on Instagram, on social media and everything. Like, why? Because you spread lies. Right? So, release lying and replace it with the truth. Amen? Number two, release unrighteous anger and replace it with righteous anger. Release unrighteous anger and replace it with righteous anger. Now, in verse 26 to verse 27, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Now, I like the NIV version. The NIV version says this, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Ah, yeah. Some of you struggle with anger much more than others. I say struggle, you know, because for some people, being hot-headed, like hot-tempered, is almost like a badge of honor. I mean, like, now you know, huh? You know, you know like, maybe some of your siblings, your friends, your colleagues, they have uh, no regards of uh, whatever feelings, you know, people's feelings. Like, hey, can, can you tell him? Like, can you sound him? Like, can you like, advise him? Oh, no worries. Okay, he, will, like, he don't care. He will say, pa, 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 you know? You know, do you have that kind of siblings or colleagues? Who always be the bad cop, you know? <laughs> yeah? yeah, you know, some of them like hmm, that's a badge of honor. I mean, like, yeah, now you know. So don't mess up with me. 
You work with me, work properly. Like, wow, like, okay, okay, okay. You see? They're proud of that. Woo-hoo. You know? Even some people are labeled as a grumpy person, short-tempered person. You know? Yeah, I, I believe we all have met uh, that kind of person. Now, the Bible first mentioned about be angry and do not sin in Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Reflect in your heart while on your bed. And be silent. You know, there's one thing that uh, we do with our kids before sleep, you know. Like, so, it's really funny. This is something that I learned from our kids. In the morning, there will be a lot of drama because we go to school, right? Drama, lah, whatever, lah, from Korean drama, you know, Tagalog drama, <laughs> Malaysian drama. Like, everything, you know, cry, don't want to go to school. In the evening at night, right, before sleep, how's your day? Okay, you know. Yeah, you feel happy today? Yeah, what? <laughs> As a parent, we got stressed, like, ah, you know, like, by the whole day. And then, uh, what are you thankful for today? Or say, oh, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for the food, thankful for the playground and everything, you know. I said, wow, for children, uh, they can just let go, you know. In morning, or drama, uh, but the parents, like, how <laughs> tomorrow, like, you know. But there's something that we can learn from the children, amen? Yeah. Now, anger itself is not a sin. Anger itself is not a sin, but how we use it determines whether it is a sinful or not. Now, there is a type of anger which the Bible approves. Like, or some of you is like, oh, yeah, oh, yes, what kind of anger is that, Pastor? I really am, I'm, I want to get angry at someone. Okay, wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, this type of anger often called as a righteous anger or righteous indignation. Let me show you some uh, comparison between these two. Okay, so for righteous anger, Righteous anger, basically, they react against actual sin, okay? Not the person. While unrighteous anger reacts when our needs are not met. Ah, people, the, the waiter bring you a like, wrong order, like, ah! ah, you got angry because my needs are not met, you know, yeah? People overtake you while you're driving, like, ah! because your needs of like, having a smooth uh, ride are not met, Traffic jam, like, oh, you got angry, right? Righteous anger reacts against actual sin, not the person, right? Use an example. If somebody, uh, yeah, something that as a parent, uh, having uh, children, it's, we can be easily triggered when we, heard, when we read news, you know, about child abuse. Especially if that, that child being abused is like around our kid's age, like, oh, you know, yeah? Like, why people did this to children, you know? Yeah? Now, righteous anger focuses on God's concern, not ours. What God thinks, you know? Injustice. Wow. But unrighteous anger focuses on us, our personal interests. Yeah, we got angry because, you know, people uh, probably uh, misinform us about something and make us look like, um, you know, look funny or embarrassed, and you know, like, oh, and we got angry because it's more about us. Yeah. Righteous anger focuses on his name, God's name and his glory, while unrighteous anger focuses on our name, our glory and reputation. We got mad when people talk bad about us, which is, of course, yeah. But that's why the Bible says, you know, be angry and do not sin. Jangan marah sampai matahari terbenam, gitu. You know? Righteous anger will remain self-control and will exhibit the other fruits of the Spirit. You know, this person maybe got angry, you know. You know, our senior pastor, you know, 
talk about injustice, ka, talk about like, you know, he, he can get angry punya orang bilang, eh, pastor angry or really? What? Is it his passion? You know, if you don't know him, people will talk like, angry, oh, your pastor really angry. Eh? I mean, you see the, the kind of topics, the kind of issues that cause that anger, righteous anger. But at the same time, remember, it will remain self-control and exhibit the other fruits of the spirit. Sometimes people thought like just because somebody are angry about certain uh, issues, right? Like, wow, this person really angry, uh, and then don't want to get close to that person. But we must know there are, there are people that God put in their heart. They have that, uh, that righteous anger, you know, that kemarahan, kemarahan ilahi. Wow, that's a word, kemarahan ilahi. You know, like you, you talk about uh, uh, what? Um, Illegal immigration ka or about 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 uh, environment pollution everything like nothing it doesn't touch that person. But you talk about certain topics, you know, for example, uh, forced labor ka, <gasps> ah, like that. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah. So he is not a bad tempered person. Just that that particular topics or subject that particular issues that God really put in the heart, you know. Yeah. So. That's uh, righteous anger. Unrighteous anger, most of the time, lack of self-control and can lead us straight to sin. So uh, the, the, the list can go on and on, but enough for us to understand what's the difference between righteous anger and unrighteous anger. Are you guys following me? Now, what does the Bible say about unrighteous anger? In Psalm chapter 37, verse 8, refrain from anger and give up your rage. Wow, give up your rage. And do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Yeah. Yes, you might get angry like, ah, but ah, give up. No, no, no. Okay, okay. That happened to me a lot. Okay, you can ask my wife. Like, ah, okay. Not yet turn to green. Not yet, not yet, you know. You know, just still, you know, not green yet. Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother and sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother and sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. In Proverbs chapter 22 says, don't make friends with an angry person and don't be companion of a hot-tempered one because or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in snare. That's why some people who are like always angry, angry for no reason, you know, unrighteous anger, be careful. If you, if you become their friends, you will become like them. Now, some other example, uh, righteous anger. Uh, I'll give you an example of righteous anger in 2 Samuel chapter 12 when uh, David was upset when uh, Nathan uh, sharing about injustice. In John chapter 2, verse 13 to 16, it's really famous, where Jesus exhibits righteous anger, you know, when he was at the temple. You know, turn all the tables and go, you know, can you imagine the music background? I mean, that's a righteous anger, okay? Yeah, righteous anger. That's the reason because he is cleaning out his father's house. He said that you back my father's house as a what? Den of thieves, den of thieves. So notice that neither of these examples are uh, of, of anger involves self-defense. People who like really like unrighteous anger, right? They always like try to defend themselves. But like in the case of Jesus, example, Jesus, when he gets angry, he's not about defending himself. He think about his father's house. Like why they, why why are they, are they not honoring my father's house? You see, it's not about defending his name, defending his reputation. No, yeah. To be clear, we are not to hate people. Yeah. Even though people may be living in sin, instead we are to hate the sin itself and pray 
so that the Lord will set those people free from their bondage. Now, from the passage, Paul gives two-part explanation of uh, Psalm 4, uh, 4, chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. The first thing to know about anger is that you, know, you can't stay angry for a very long time. Paul's, Paul writes, the sun must not set on your anger. So you either need to uh, resolve whatever the situation was or give it to God. That's it. You know? Yeah. If you can't settle that issue, you know, that's it. Okay, God, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I leave it to you. Tonight, I want to have a good night's sleep. That's it. Yeah? Because anger is not an emotion that, emotion that you can live with. You can't go to bed angry. I don't know, maybe some of you get so angry. Even in your dream also, you get angry at that person. Wow, I see you in my dream. I see you in my dream. Like, oh, that's so chronic, right? You know? Just like Psalm chapter 4, verse 4 said, reflect in your heart while you're on your bed. Say like, oh, who am I angry at? Why, huh? Yeah, ask forgiveness and repent. And second, Paul said, when you angry, uh, when when you get angry and sin, when you stay, when you remain hang, angry, not hung, hangry, uh, angry. What you are doing is you are giving a foothold. You are giving a place to the devil. Yeah. Now, what is a foothold? Okay, this is a word that we seldom use. You know, but foothold means what? It is uh, in the Greek. It says topos. It is about giving opportunity, power, occasion for the devil to act. Yeah? In the context of this passage, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it is our anger, unrighteous anger, that, is, that has the potential to give the devil an opportunity to spread more lies, to spread more thorns in our life through anger. But even righteous anger, now I learned personally, even righteous anger, if I hold it too long, can become bitter and divisive. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, people comment, criticize, you know, uh, misjudge about, about, about us pastors. You can get angry. It's like, what? what? What did I do? I'm just serving God, you know? Ah, then you got angry. Why? Why do people want to do this? I'm not doing this for my own benefit. And then God remind me, like, you know, don't carry it the next day. Although it feels good to carry it to the next day. Can't think somewhere like hmm. then next day, day after day, and the weeks, and then whenever you see that person, you know, and up you become the same as that person who caused that anger. Because you don't make peace, you know, you don't leave it to God. Like I said just now, if you can't settle it that day, you already Check your heart and say, yeah, forgive them, but there's no solution to that. Just leave it to God. Leave it to God. Move on. Yeah? Move on. Yeah? The longer we remain angry, the more opportunities we are giving to the devil. Yeah? You know, we, we all know that anger uh, that is not appropriate, uh, appropriately expressed can disrupt relationships. You know, even chronic anger, like long-term anger, chronic anger has been linked to health issues, issues such, as, such as high blood pressure, heart problems, headaches, skin disorder, and digestive problems. So if you have problem with your tummy, your gut, right, maybe it's because there are some uh, anger that has not been, you know, dealt with. James chapter 1, verse 19 to 20 says this, My dear brothers and sisters, Understand this, everyone 
should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Human anger does not accomplish, accomplish God's righteousness. Yeah? If you get angry, don't continue to get angry until the sun goes down. You know? So you have to quickly settle it. So, as a person who lives in Christ, we have this new lifestyle, we must release anger, uh, sorry, release unrighteous anger and replace it with righteous anger, anger that is based on the word of God. Are you guys following me? Now, let me continue. Now, number three, release stealing and replace it with working and giving. Now, this part is familiar, you know, because in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, number the Ten Commandments, you shall not steal. Very straightforward. Now, we think by being Christian, it is merely like stop stealing. Okay? Just don't steal. But if you consider this, if you are someone tempted by stealing and all you do is like, okay, don't steal, don't steal, don't steal, don't steal. By doing that, it makes self-control become more difficult. The more you feel like, don't steal, 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 you, yeah, because you keep on thinking about it, yeah. That is why just by saying, like, you know, stop stealing, it's not the end of our transformation, you know, as a believer. We must change it. Like I said, release and replace, right? Release and replace. The focus of our attention should not be on the scene, but rather a productive and good use of what we've been given instead. Now, in Gospel John, uh, 10, chapter 10, verse 10, says that what? The thief come only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In this passage of Scripture, the devil is referred to as a thief. Yeah? Some of you probably say, like, Pastor, we, we got it, you know, like, I, we, we, we don't steal, you know, we don't steal from anybody, you know. In fact, I actually, I, growing up, I, I, I don't remember stealing anything, you know, I don't steal money from my parents, yeah. We know that God's standard is higher than our standard, right? Yeah, you know. We steal, without me knowing it, stealing from God. Although we don't steal from our brothers and sisters, we don't steal from our company, whatever, you know. We can still steal from God. How? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me? How do we rob you? You ask, by not making the payments of the ten and, and the contribution. You are suffering under a curse. Yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. You know, especially in the in, in East Malaysian churches, whenever the pastor talks about tithes, you know, like, oh, ni pastor, need money lah, ni, mau duit lah, No, no, actually, okay, I, I don't know what's their motivations lah, you know, <laughs> you know, but it's from the word of God. It's actually to teach us that actually, like, we are helping you not to become a thief. Yeah. Oh, pastor, more the church needs our money. See, tithes, big tithes, tithes, you know. For those of you on giving tithes, put it in our bank account, like keep on reminding every week, every week, tithes, you know, like this church don't have enough money. Kah? No, we're helping you not to become a thief. We are not stealing, but robbing from God. You see the word being used here? Will a man rob God? Woo. Yeah. 
Nobody knows whether you are giving your tithes or not. Nowadays, right, all QR codes and everything, nobody knows whether you're giving your tithes or not. You know, before the pandemic, you know, uh, before even I joined uh, SIB Life, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm serving in my dad's church, okay? So my dad's kind of old school, but I love it. I, that's the significance of that, actually, because it can be a tradition, but I, I like it visually. Whereby tithes, we have a box. Oh, he loved that, that box put in front of the church. So offerings through, through the offering baskets, but tithes, people will come out, you know, put their hands inside the basket. So everybody will see, and then, hey, go there, pergi ka, pergi lah. Okay, get out. Okay, you know, no, like that. So like, you know, <laughs> visually, visually, visually. I mean, yeah, again, we don't know what's their motivation. But it's really important because our tithes, we should bring our tithes, you know. Yeah, but people don't know whether we give or not. Nowadays, right, everything is online. Yeah. If we steal from God, right, it shows that we, it shows our selfishness and our lack of trust in God's provision. Imagine my kids, we prepare dinner for them, they eat, and then suddenly they take out a container, put their food inside. Like, what are you doing? I know, maybe tomorrow we don't have food, maybe you guys not, you, you're not going to cook for us, you know, just put lah. Put, hide it somewhere. You know. Can you imagine as a parent? I was like, what are you doing that? Like, they don't trust us to provide them meals, you know. But of course, sometimes they don't trust us because, you know, <laughs> we cook breakfast nicely. I don't want this. I want something else. Like, what? <laughs> you know, we already have breakfast. You know, kids nowadays. Huh? But you, got, you understand what my, my point, right? If we don't obey God by giving a very basic things, like tights, you know. It's like we say, like, God, I'm worried lah, if tomorrow you're not going to, you know, bless me or provide for me. Let, let me do my own, you know, plan lah. We are sitting for God, yeah? Look at Zacchaeus, okay? Zacchaeus, uh, in Luke chapter 19, when Jesus walked into his life, he repented, he gave half of his possessions to the poor, and he made restitution to those who he have cheated by paying them back four times the amount. Now, if you're being transformed by God, yeah, you repent. And you pay back, and not even that, you give more, you know, you bless other people. But nowadays, a lot of people, you know, they just like give the bare minimum, cukup, cukup lah, when actually we can give more to help the ministry, bless, uh, bless the church, bless other people. But we say, like, no, 10%, kan? Okay, exactly 10%, everything. That's it. Don't come and look for me for anything else. <laughs> but you have more. You have more. Yeah? The antidote of stealing is working hard and giving. Working hard and giving, just like Zacchaeus. So if you want a breakthrough in your life, especially in your finance, release stealing, that stealing lifestyle, and replace it with working and giving. Amen? Because our God loves a generous giver. God loves a generous giver. Yeah? Number four. Release unwholesome, unwholesome talk and replace it with edifying talk. Wow, unwholesome talk and edifying talk. We seldom use that word. Edifying talk means talk that builds up, talk that encourages people. Okay? Now, I like this uh, amplified version. Do not let unwholesome, foul, uh, profane, wordless, vulgar words ever come out, from, out of your mouth, but only such speech, speech, you know, as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. Now, let me break this verse into three parts, all right? Now, three parts. Number one, no foul language 
or unwholesome talk. Number two, give words that edify, that builds up the people you are talking to. And number three, this is seldom being mentioned. Those words must be given to the needs, according to the needs and the occasion. Not just simply like, you know, I got a positive word, I got the word of God, no, no, no. To the needs and the occasion. Now, I will explain later. So the Greek words for unwholesome, you know, trash talk or unwholesome, is sapros, means what? Rotten, useless, unprofitable, or of poor quality, bad, unfit for use, or worthless. Yeah? Dirty jokes and foul language have no place in the life of a Christian. Now, growing up in a Sunday school, we were taught, you know, uh, certain words were bad, and then a good Christian don't use bad words. Right? But as we grow, we learn to change, tweak some of these words, you know. Actually, we don't say bad words, but the intentions are the same, you know. Like, I remember uh, last time, you know, I actually, like I said, like, you know, uh, we, I don't say the F word, but I was like, what, the fish? Like, it's a fish, what? It's a fish, you right? But my intention, I want to curse. What, the fish? What, the fish? You see, you're funny, right? Yeah. Really? Oh. And then I remember uh, last time I read this comic, uh, uh, Bahasa comic. So this comic, this, this guy is cursing, but the, the curse word is chilanat. There's no meaning what chilanat, chilanat. But it feels good, like, like you're cursing. Chilanat, chilanat. <laughs> and I was like, the word itself, you know, we change, you know. People say like, oh, not, no meaning. But in our heart, in our mind, like we are really cursing. Are you guys following me so far? Yeah? <laughs> Simply cleaning up our words doesn't clean up our hearts. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Now, unfortunately, some Christians can be negative, hostile, and critical, and cruel, you know. The truth is, unwholesome talk is about more than how many, like, four-letter words we know. You know, that's not, 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 not just that, you know. It's about our heart attitude, which, which Jesus points out in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Verse 45 says, A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. Yeah? Some of us have the tendency to talk about things that aren't our business. It's not our business, but we just love to talk about anything. Yeah? We share things that we haven't even confirmed to be true. Gossip. Gossip is uh, unwholesome. Gossip is sinful. Anytime we engage in a conversation where we seek to build ourselves and make ourselves look good by making others look bad, that is unwholesome. Yeah. The words that we give to people must, uh, must be uh, something that builds them up. Yeah? Constructive. We must ourselves, will, will my statement build people, the person, or am I going to tear his life? Am I saying destructive words or helpful words? Yeah. In James chapter 3, verse 7 to 10, it says, Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. Verse 8, <laughs> but no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue, you know? With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Think about that. I want us to reflect on this. Blessing and cursing come out from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this thing should not be this way. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, 
death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. When you trash, trash talking, you know, talk bad about your brothers and sisters in Christ, you speak death, not life. Yeah? When you mislead others yeah, by gossiping about your leaders, you are speaking death, not life. This is a total contrast of how a Christian life should be. Say, speak life. Not that, right? Not that, you know? Yeah. You see, church, rather than using your words to tear down others, use them to build others. Now, the third part of the verse I mentioned just now, Paul said that those words must be given according to the needs and occasion. It's not only giving word of encouragement, we must also know when is the right time. Now, I learned this during the pandemic, and then thanks to our brother, Brother Vincent, you know? If you guys remember, the numbers of people suffering from mental stress and committing suicide during the pandemic increased, really, right? So <clears throat> during that time, I learned that when somebody is going through depression or maybe contemplating suicide, we must not immediately give them like all kind of positive advice saying, it's okay, bah. it's just your emotion, like, hey, nola, nola. <laughs> Be careful with that, you know, yeah? I, I know somebody comes to me and they say, Pastor, now or not? If I say to this, my, my brother, you know, like, don't let the devil trick your mind. It's all the mind game. Say, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, we have a special talk by uh, Vince, uh, I think two years ago, or the first year of the pandemic or second year of the pandemic, talk about that, you know. Most importantly, you know, this is what I learned, you know. Vincent Lim says he's a professional and certified counselor uh, in mental health. You know, we must know when to give that word of encouragement. Most of the time, people who suffer with mental health issues, they need people to listen to them. Listen, just listen. Although you have the answers, you know. <laughs> you know, you, although you know, okay, I, I'm going to like give him this word, this word, you know. Listen to them. Be patient. You see, you got the right spirit, you got the right words. Now, ask wisdom from God. God, <laughs> Yeah. How can I deliver this word? When can I deliver this word, encouragement to this person? There are times, right, I make an appointment to meet somebody you know, from church, you know, I want to like, give encouragement and ask and everything. And I was like, ah, I have to change. Because God says, got to listen. Listen, right? Yeah. So release unwholesome talk and replace it with Words of encouragement, all right? Now, number five, lastly, release bitterness and rage and replace it with kindness and forgiveness. That the Bible says this is very easy because the Bible says, like, you know, get rid of anything, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now, pretty much straightforward, but let me tell you, it's not easy for us to apply. Bitterness starts out small, and offense will make its way into our hearts when we replay it over and over and over and over again in our mind. We retell our hurts we, with great detail. To anybody who are listening to us, we, try, we retell our hurts. Then we list down all the support that we can get from those people who sympathize us, you know, from the hurt, like, oh, you see, uh, they bought much of me, or they bought me, uh, we go and look on to over and over again. Then it will become a bitterness pill, you know? Yeah? In all of this, we fool ourselves into thinking that no one will know. But anger and resentment have a way, you know, in our hearts. 
when you are offended or disappointed by others and allow the hurt to germinate in your heart, now I like this word, bitterness and resentment will take root. Don't allow the offense of people, you know, or anything that disappoints you to get to take root in your heart. Yes, as a human, we get, we get hurt, but forgive them. This is why the writer of Hebrews warns us, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, says, Watch out that no bitter root rises up, rises up among you, for whatever it springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. Be careful. So Paul gives us several ways of overcoming bitterness, which is to be kind and forgive others. Like I said, it's, much, it's pretty much straightforward, but not easy to do. So let me recap. Yeah, uh, can I have the worship team? Let me recap this uh, five lifestyle, new lifestyle that we have to uh, replay, uh, uh, apply in our life. Number one, release lying and replace it with the truth. Release unrighteous anger and replace it with righteous, uh, with, 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 uh, with righteous anger. Release stealing and replace it with working and giving. Release unwholesome talk and replace it with edifying talk. And lastly, release bitterness and rage and replace it with kindness and forgiveness. Now, I'm going to close this story. You know, how, um, have you guys watched this movie, Terminal? It's in 2004, actually. It's quite an old movie, Tom Hanks. It was a movie released in 2004, uh, inspired by a real-life story, okay? It's a story of a man by the name of Merhan Nasseri. This is the guy. Okay, so Mehran Nasseri was a man without a country. Okay, he had no passport, he had no, he had no uh, citizenship, he had no papers that enabled him to leave the airport and leave to the country. What happened was he had been staying in the, in the uh, Paris airport since 1988. Because of the conflict in his country, he lost all his citizenship and everything. You know? So the airport in 1988, airport uh, authorities allowed him to stay in Terminal 1. And there, he stayed for 11 years. He tried to apply during the first year, started to apply, can I be a citizen for this country? But all failed. So he stayed there for 11 years. You know, he do everything, makan, everything, clean up everything in the airport. Even the airport employees gave him food. You know, people interview him and whatsoever. Now, in 1999, the situation changed. The French authorities... Uh, presented him with international travel card and also French residency permit. So it's like, oh, you don't need to stay in the airport anymore. You can stay in the country, you know. So suddenly, after, uh, after many years, he was free to go anywhere he wanted. But when the airport officials handed him his uh, certificate, his papers and everything, he smiled, tuck it inside pocket, and then continued to read this book. The airport got shocked. I'm like, you got your freedom. Go. But he's too comfortable living in the airport. Too comfortable living in the airport. Yeah. He's afraid to leave his bench, to leave his table, to leave his home. You know, the airport. You know. Now, when I found out about this story, I couldn't help but to think that so many Christians who sadly holding on their, to their way of life, still, uh, their, their old way of life, still love to see themselves putting on their sinful life, although God has provided them freedom, a new identity. Like this guy, Nasri, 
God enables us, God gave us a freedom to live a life of significance. But so many Christians would rather delight in living for themselves, living in their own life. So church, some of us this morning need to wake up, see the condition of our life. Have we been so comfortable like this guy, Nasseri? We refuse to leave our comfort zone. We refuse to release all those bad lifestyle, you know, sinful lifestyle. We refuse. The thing about our comfort zone is it is focused only on ourselves. <laughs> we become the center of everything. It's all about me, 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 me. What I want, what I need, when I want it. What we feel, what we want, everything. This is why we struggle in our daily, daily walk as a follower of Christ, why we struggle, why we are not growing spiritually anymore. Because instead of Jesus become the center of our life, we become the center of our life. Release and replace. Let's bow our head. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Let's take just a few moments before we end today's service. Just do some reflection. What are the things that we've been holding on? Maybe some other things, lifestyle, thinking, we've been holding on for many years. And today, God, open your eyes to see that that lifestyle has been damaging your life from the inside out you don't know and nobody can tell you because you choose to isolate yourself disconnect yourself from you know people around you but today come to Jesus repent let him be the center of your life once again let Him be the center of your life. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.